Welcome to another episode of the Hubsgirl podcast. This week's amazing guest is Moshe Lipska, SVB product and GM of Israel at Imperva. Moshe, it's great to have you on today. Hi, Connor. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I guess for everyone who is listening and doesn't really know who you are, can you give a brief introduction on yourself? Yes, of course. So uh, my name is Moshe Lipsker and I'm the SVP of Global Product Development at Imperva and the General Manager of Imperva uh, in Israel. A bit about Imperva, okay? Uh, Imperva is one of the biggest cybersecurity players in the world. It provides a variety of security solutions to protect organizations, data, and applications from cyber threats. Our product uh, portfolio is a combination of application security and data security. So we have two business units around the product portfolio where application security is all, around, all about WAF, DDoS, bot, and API protections, and data security products are around data breach prevention. Um, Imperva footprint is in the cloud, on-prem data centers, hybrid environments. Imperva serves a variety of industries like uh, financial services, healthcare, and government. The company is uh, global and have offices in North America, Europe, APAC, and serves customers in over one over than 100 countries in the globe. The company, uh, in terms of a financial uh, perspective, the company was acquired by a private equity in 2019 with an evaluation of 2.1 billion. Our annual revenue is around uh, hundreds of millions. Uh, we're 1,500 employees around the world and 500 out of them are product development, which are actually distributed in 12 sites uh, around the globe, Israel, North America, and EMEA. I joined the Perva in 2019, uh, in this, sorry, in October 2018. So I'm uh, with the company for uh, around four and a half years. Uh, prior to Imperva, I was a VP R&D and Celebrate, which is a cybersecurity company specializing in uh, uh, di digital uh, forensic and data analysis, helping law enforcement and agencies. And prior to Imperva, I was uh, in the video conferencing and networking uh, arena, working in companies such as Polycom and Accord Network. So NetNet, um, -Net, my background is product, technology, engineering, specializing in network and uh, signaling and cybersecurity. And in the last few uh, years, I'm holding executive positions in several comp companies around, uh, and, and it's all around uh, actually building cutting edge innovative products as part of the strategy and delivering these products to the market. Awesome. That's fantastic to hear that great introduction. Curious to know what actually made you get into cybersecurity? Uh, so, as I said, I, I started my journey in video conferencing and networking, and, and around seven years ago, I got into the cybersecurity uh, industry. There are lots of uh, similarities between deep networking knowledge and cybersecurity, specifically in application security, which is the area Imperva is focused on, or one of them. So I don't feel as a newcomer to the industry, I actually feel uh, competent. Awesome. What actually inspired you to become a GM or take that step up to being a GM of Israel? Um, the GM of Israel. Okay, so my my GM my GM role is actually a leading Israel site. Mm -hmm. So we have we have an Israel product engineering, sales, customer success, finance, HR, and more. Uh, Imperva is a cybersecurity startup that was established in Israel 20 years ago and went to IPO and eventually became global. Although it became, it became global, the core the products and the technology, the core of the company is in Israel and Israel is actual 30% of the company. And as we all know, Israel is one of the uh, centers of excellence of cybersecurity seen in the world. The talent is here, 
everyone knows that. So my main uh, inspiration is to make uh, sure that the company talent is kept. And as a result, the success of the company overall will continue to thrive. This is my inspiration. Perfect. Love to hear that. Throughout your career as BGM, what are some of the most challenging parts of it? Challenging. Um, so I, I actually have two hats in Imperva. The, the, the first hat is general manager of Israel, and the, and, and the second hat is the global leader of product development. Running in both, uh, both hats in parallel is not an easy task. It is an operation of hundreds of people around the globe, as I said, and it's a, a role where due to all the time zone, uh, time zones, you actually work 24-7. So this is the, the role itself and the definition of the role is, is the most challenging part, but I uh, love it uh, all the time. Perfect. And I'm guessing, obviously, you say a little bit, what's the most rewarding experience you've had throughout your career and further? Yeah, so as I said, it's very, yeah, so it's very challenging in 24-7, but there are these rewarding moments, and I'll give you one of them. In 2019, when I became the general manager of Israel, we had a vision. The vision was to become one of the most attractive cybersecurity companies in Israel and to build the best Imperva Israel brand by the end of 2020. 2020. It was back in 2019. Uh, and when we started to execute on this strategy, which was very simple, or vision with a strategy that uh, actually executed on the vision, we started to see a big number of uh, boomerangs coming back to the company. Boomerangs are those that are coming, uh, people that were in the company left, and then they come back. It was a high double-digit number, and they all were talents and rock stars that uh, left a few years earlier. They heard and saw the new vibe in the company, and they knew uh, uh, how this uh, company is great, and they all wanted to come back and be part of this new uh, momentum. Uh, this, of course, uh, increased eventually our uh, execution and operational excellence in, in very high numbers. We saw it in 2020 and 2021, and this was a good, a very good rewarding uh, indicator for me as a, the local uh, GM. Awesome. And obviously, being there since 2019, what are some of the top tips you can give for starting out in a GM role? So the tips uh, I can give uh, are um, as follow. it's follows. It's it's all about defining a vision, crafting a, a simple strategy, finding KPIs and metrics to measure the execution of the strategy. Once all of that is done, and you are focused on the execution, I believe it will eventually happen. So it's all about defining where you are and where you want to to, to reach to and, and actually and execute on that. Awesome. And obviously now you say two hats, GM of Israel and also global SV of product development. What inspired you to pursue a career as an SVP of product development? In general, I love uh, building products and see how they create value to the customers. It's, it's a good uh, combination of creativity, uh, execution, influencing the reality and the value to the market. And more specifically, uh, if you're a person, uh, uh, if you as a person want to make a difference in the world uh, and to make a, you know, an important uh, presence, so cybersecurity on the different side uh, creates a, a, a real sense of uh, meaningful. 
meaningfulness. Um, so you're actually building a, a product that are changing or helping uh, people to protect themselves from uh, cyber criminals. So this is very, uh, you know, um, inspiring and, and meaningful and uh, important. No, I say cybersecurity is exciting space to be, especially right now with everything and how the world is changing and evolving. So no, thank you for that. I really do appreciate that. And now being SV, the SVP in global product development, what's been the main challenge you've actually faced with product development and how have you actually overcome them? Um, so, so the main challenge, challenge is how to maintain uh, in big companies or big medium companies, the main challenge is actually how to maintain a big successful product organization, which can uh, maintain simultaneously engineering excellence, which is e efficiency, quality, reliability, etc. with all these customers avoiding tech debt and, and so on. So all this engineering excellence along with delivering innovative cutting edge products. Uh, so as I said, in the medium big companies, not in the startup, this is a huge challenge to, to maintain these both. And the way I address this challenge is by actually creating uh, value to the organization in three dimensions from my perspective. The, the three dimensions are operational, platform play, and innovation. So operational is actually transforming the organization to independent speedboats, uh, which each product is running by its own autonomously. The challenge is actually to deliver multiple products, multiple products in parallel and keep the core expertise uh, of all these uh, uh, products simultaneously with the ability to leverage the components of a big organization between all these products. So this is the operational part. The platform play is actually develop once and leverage or use multiple times. So you need to transform the DNA uh, and the culture of the organization in a way those teams are not reinventing the wheel again and again. And then you can actually utilize the size of your big organization not to compete with the small startups, diligent startups, but actually um, you're taking your main com competence and strengths and, and, and making something different. And the last one is innovation. You need, you need to have the ability to incubate uh, new ideas that are actually market disruptions. Uh, otherwise, someone uh, will do uh, these uh, this uh, instead of you. So as a big organization, you need to continue to deliver and to develop and to evolve uh, the products that you have, the multiple products that you have to the customers. And we have hundreds and thousands of customers. And in parallel, to keep uh, your cutting edge, uh, uh, in a way, it's competitive enough with all the newcomers, startups. Mm -hmm. No, I guess that must be quite challenging. I say having 500 people on 12 different sites throughout the world must be quite challenging to basically lead and keep them all in the same direction. How do you, obviously, come over a little bit in detail on how you do that? Can you go a little bit more in specific how do you keep everyone on the same line, especially around the world? When you uh, act like uh, not a 500-people organization, but uh, 20, a small organization of 25 people and creating uh, the, the speedboat that I said, which each one, each 25 people are actually a speedboat, independent from the other, then it's like divide and conquer. So uh, you you take the big the big challenge and cut it to to small chunks, and and you're able to uh, run this entire uh, uh, kumbaya or operation, which is huge. But if you give and nominate the, the right uh, leaders, it's working uh, great.
what I said about um, the three dimensions, operational, uh, operational uh, uh, product play, platform play innovation. If you uh, you're an a you're able to, on top of these twenty five speedboats, leverage between them and 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 utilize your big organization strength, then you are very successful. If if it's one hundred. Uh, if 500 people organization, it's a big carrier, it's very, very slow. If it's only 25, 20 of 25 people products, but independent disconnected, they don't have any, um, you know, added value. But if you are utilizing the big organization with these uh, startup mindset uh, and mentality, and it's a culture with this platform play and all that, this is actually uh, changing the game. Yeah, that makes total sense, like you say, having the large organization positives and also split it down to smaller teams to be able to have competing staff as well. It's it's a winning direction. Yeah. Like I said, I think that's a fantastic yeah. really appreciate sharing that part. And just curious to know, what is your approach to developing an effective product roadmap? And you can't do it all and the resources are very, very limited. It's all about the ability to analyze the ROI, the return of investment, and then to prioritize accordingly. So if you're doing this in the right way, and you know where you want to go to, and you're very focused and you're prioritizing everything, then um, then uh, you actually uh, deliver the right day roadmap. And then uh, you need the, the, the feedback from the customers. So what we do is actually we listen. So after you deliver this, you you know, you define the ROI, you prioritize, you deliver, you fo you're focused, and then you need to listen to the to what's happening in the in the market. It's not the one one uh, fire fire and forget direction. It's one one dimension. It's, you need to 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 have uh, to listen very carefully to the customers and to the market. So what we're doing is we're listening to our customers constantly, separate and together. When I say together, I mean we maintain a customer uh, board advisory board where we consult with them, asking questions and brainstorm with all of them together. This provides a collective brain which helps us to improve our products and go to uh, to the market. So. So you uh, define the RI, prioritize, focus, deliver, hear the customers, and iterate back and fix it. So this is the, the cycle of iterations and improvements that you need to do in order to make sure that you're uh, delivering the right products to the right customers and to the right market, analyzing who's the buyer and, and, and what he needs. The customer, what's the actual use cases and what the customer needs. No, I really do appreciate you sharing that, Bosch. Like I say, it's not just a, a constant, well, a one-hit wonder. It's kind of like it's a constant rebuilding, re-evaluating re and assessing at all times. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, I did a little bit of research and saw an article you wrote on Venture Beat about black swans and how events shaping cybersecurity present and future. For our listeners, can you explain a little more what are black swans and how is that actually happening? Okay, so so my article in, uh, in Venture Be uh, Beat is actually around the black swans and the connection to cybersecurity. So first of all, I'll give a background of of of, of a black swan. What's the black swan? Black swan is a it's first uh, coined by the uh, Lebanon American uh, thought leader um, Nassim Taleb. Uh, he he actually defined the term black swan, and it refers to an unexpected uh, global event that have. Uh, a profound effect on the society. Some of them, of the black swans, are uh, beneficial, like uh, the invention of uh, the uh, printing uh, press, and others are actually destructive, such as the, the subprime crisis in 2008. 
but they all have um, alerted uh, the, the course of the history. So this is the black, uh, black, uh, black swan. Awesome. And in the article, you mentioned three black swans which have occurred in the last three years. Can you give us some more detail on these? Yeah, so, so uh, after we define the black swan, uh, we can see uh, that uh, we, we need to, you know, to connect it to the cybersecurity, um, where, uh, which I defined in the article. So uh, in the recent three years, we have, uh, witnessed, we have been uh, witnessing uh, to a surge of black swan events, and they continue to emerge in real time. It's pretty hectic what, what we are actually experiencing in the last uh, few years. They have affected every uh, fact of our lives and specifically in the world of uh, cybersecurity. By, and by, from my perspective, by analyzing these uh, recent event, events, we can actually better map our, out our industry uh, evolu evolutionary uh, processes and predict where cybersecurity security is heading uh, next. So the three black swans that I, um, I identified are as follows. The first one was COVID-19, of course, everyone knows that. And then the, the second was the, the post-COVID cyber, why you call it cyber boom? Because this is the um, exponential rate of capital investment, specifically in cybersecurity. And this, uh, no one actually uh, 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 understood that this is coming, this, uh, this uh, uh, exponential rate of uh, capital investment, which is huge, huge and uh, the results of that and uh, which the result of that was lots of cybersecurity companies and startups like mushrooms after the rain and uh, and last the late microeconomic situation which is a result of uh, what happened in q1 2022 uh, the combination of events the increase of interest uh, rates the war in ukraine and the global uh, supply chain crisis so these three uh, uh, black sw uh, swans are actually um, shaping from my perspective the cybersecurity uh, presence and future yeah no i completely agree like if all them three things are, uh, are drastic and appear into the world extra on it all happening for space of three years uh, it's a big change quite quite a scary one like you said but realistic now after all these three events have happened where does that leave us now what does the future cybersecurity look like okay so my my prediction is is that the cybersecurity industry uh, will experience extreme consolidation within the next uh, 18 months to strengthen the defenses line of cybersecurity products and to provide uh, an end-to-end -end solution. Um, the consolidation uh, of all these uh, startups that were, as I said, they were, uh, because of the capital investment, yeah. they were, the we the the market was flooded with many many of products and now there is a need to consolidate uh, and see so they're actually experiencing so much uh, richness of products but this is not helping them to actually secure their companies so the consolidation will involve uh, merging acquiring or partnering uh, with similar products uh, to create a comprehensive solution um, um, to the to the CISOs to the uh, organizations to defend the the, the companies. Differently from today, where we have too much uh, small solutions out there, as I said, which are a result of this uh, exponential rate of capital investment. Um, so, so this uh, actually uh, till the end of 2024, we will see lots of uh, uh, consolidations and big companies that will actually swallow the small ones. Yeah, 
Perfect. No, thank you for sharing that piece there, Moshe. And moving on to a couple more questions, we'll take up too much of your time. What is some of the best advice you've received throughout your career and why is that? Um, good question. Um, if you want to be successful, this is my, my main uh, tip is uh, you need to be open-minded to observe, to listen what's ha happening out there and only then act upon uh, upon what you're hearing in an agile way. Uh, and actually it's all about failing fast and iterate till you have a clear change. And if you're asking me what's the the best uh, um, the best uh, you know um, uh, tip uh, for a manager is actually you need to listen. Don't start with exclamation uh, marks, but start with question marks. The wisdom can come from uh, from the crowd. You know, management uh, from my perspective is all about the art of asking the right questions. And, and a good leader is a good balance between open, opening and converging. Opening is open-minded, asking questions, trying to really understand what's happening. And converging is strive for clarity, have a good thought process, and eventually push for fast decision-making. This good balance between opening and converging is, from my perspective, the art of uh, management and for leadership. And eventually, if you're uh, doing this successfully, people will follow you. No, that makes total sense. Like I say, you can't just go in telling them what you need to do. You need to listen to your team, what the thoughts, what they're feeling, and try and get uncover as much information on how to lead them in the right way as possible from that. So no, thank you for sharing that, Moshe. And Moshe, where do you actually see yourself in the next five years? Uh, it's a good question. I, I always ask these questions uh, uh, my my people I mentor or, or coach because like a strategy, you need to define where you want to be and then drive from there uh, the, 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 the sequence to, to reach to that vision. So in five years, I, I assume I will uh, be a CEO of a big uh, cybersecurity company. Uh, in addition, I, um, I assume that I will be sitting in multiple uh, board uh, directors as I love to see the, the big picture and to the variety of what's happening in the world and not be narrowed to one company. So this is my my main uh, my main goal five years from now. Awesome. No, it makes total sense. Like Shay, like say, Matt, there's no point narrowing down to one company. Being a board and a variety of different companies, it means you can help out as many different companies in different situations and at different times in their careers as well. So I think that's fantastic here. And final question, Moshe. If our listeners can take away anything from this episode, what is the best piece of advice and what would that be? If you want to be successful, you need to be open-minded, observe, listen, and only then act upon. Awesome. Uh, that's all. It's uh, you know, it's 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 all about the uh, and start uh, think big, start small, and move fast. Now, I like that. Think big, start small, move fast. I'll definitely listen to that and take that way. But Moshe, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you very much, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you very much.